0: Is we live? Is we live? Is we live? Yes, yes, you're now tuning into the Rare Podcast. And of course, I'm your host for the most, NK, aka the man of the hour. Too sweet She's to too be sour. sour. <laughs> but of course, I'm not alone on this podcast. I'm with a very special guest. I'm used to chopping it up, chopping up with him on restings. But today we're on Rare. Yes,
1: Without sir. further
0: ado, I'm going to let him
1: introduce himself. Yo. Well, tell the people who you are, man. Um, yeah, Le King of Essex mm. The Nigerian Brian McKnight mm. The best rapper from Essex Nobody can tell me anything, man so, oh. yeah, <laughs> <something>. <laughs> Or if you know me from Rest Things with NK Dolboy, yeah, man Okay, okay, nah, I
0: appreciate you, man I, pre- I appreciate you coming on This has been overdue Yeah, man, I think it's my third time on the show now Yeah, 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 turn, yeah, 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 yeah The second one didn't come out due to technical errors But this one will come, up come by out by force No, did no, did they no, come they won't come up Because, like, bad
1: laptop bash up. Do you know why I keep thinking it came out because of laps, because of the clip, because <laughs> 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 the clip that laps put, put, put in the GC. Nah, so but, like, did this come out?
0: But yeah, yeah, nah, nah. No, no. This one will, will by force come 100%. out by, by by force. But before we get into um the the topics, so I want to play a quick game. Or this or that. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna oh, fire cool. off. You know, um, two options, and it's this or that. No thinking, yeah. just straight. Off the top of your head, yeah? Done. pressure. All right, cool. All right, cool. Joe or Donald Jones? Joe. Yeezy. Yeezy's or Jordan's? I'll say Yeezy's.
1: Dougie or Cat Daddy? Uh, Dougie. Cat... <laughs> oh, Dougie. Cat <laughs> hey, Cat Daddy's a bit mad. I can't lie. Dougie. I was never a Dougie, but Dougie, I'll, I'll go for Dougie. <laughs> Cat Daddy. <laughs> Basmati, Basmati Rice or
0: Jasmine Rice? Uh,
1: Ah, oh, I thought he was going to say Long No. Rest. You know what? I'm going to say Jasmine Rest. I think Jasmine Rest better than Buzz Man rest.
0: Mm, mm, yeah. mm, 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 mm. Scissor, Summer Walker. Scissor. J Huss or Dave? <sighs> J Huss. Mm. Last but not least,
1: Funky House or Garage? Oh, funky house all day. I'm not a fan of garage at all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a fan of garage at all. I can't stand that shit. Man. And that's coming from someone that made actually made a garage song how many years ago. But yeah, yeah no, nah, I'm not. A, yeah. So, so what possessed you to make a garage song? Um, so big up J O, my producer slash manager. Yeah. Um, he said to me like, yeah, like we was in lockdown. Actually, this is before lockdown. We made this song like maybe a year before. He was like, yeah, garage is probably a good sound to go for summer. People mess with it, but for me, I'm not really. A fan of it mm. But he kind of Showed me like Examples of people That had done Garage But they kind of Done it with their own twist So rather than it Just be solely like a skippy Like it was more of like They came with like A drill vibe to it Okay, And I was like You know what I mess with that It has that kind of like yeah. That mellow drill Kind of vibe to it So I made the song humble And then yeah Just went from there And did alright
0: I'm going to ask A very abstract question yeah. But I think it's going To be pertinent to you What does music mean To the Swave?
1: And what, what music? does music mean to Derek? What does music mean to Derek? So, oh, yeah. that's a very God bless you, man. That's a great question. <laughs> that's why I have to come on to You get <laughs> the big questions. Not so what inspired you to rap for that. Come mm-hmm. on, man. But um, what's, what's music to Derek? Music to Derek is like, is a lifeline. Mm. Like, I generally cannot imagine life, not even necessarily as like, Derek is a music listener. Someone that grew up with music, yeah. like growing up in church, growing up with you know, uncles and my mom, my dad playing music around the house, going to parties. Like music is like, like they say, it's vibrations. It's something that you can feel within your spirit. And it's like, I couldn't imagine a life without that format, whether I was making it or not. But music to the suave, music to the suave. Oh boy, that is an excellent question. Music to the suave is a release. Mm. Um like yeah it's a release like you know growing up you know like so, you know as men sometimes we never know where we can kind of like direct and channel emotions whether it be happiness whether it be sadness whether it be you know some sort of like mental mental health you know and for me like i've always called my music mood music it always mm. reflects the mood i'm in and mm. yeah music for me it's just always just been like that release of just if I'm happy, I make him a song. If I'm upset, I make a song. If I'm sad, I make a song. And, you know, throughout all those emotions, it's allowed me to make so many different countless of types of music. So what is your like earliest
0: memory of like, because we all have memories of like, okay, we listen to a song. We probably listen to like nursery rhymes, like ba ba Black Sheep. But what's your earliest memory of like music capturing you where you're like, whether you're addicted to the song or whether you're just like this song spoke to me. It could be as a kid, it could be as an adult, but this song like touched me. Pause. I think though
1: no. <laughs> <Pause. laughs> no, I was actually gonna behave today. I was, I didn't think I was gonna do that, but I started. Pause. But um, I think early on, um, I think there's two encounters that I had with music. Um the first one, a song that really like till this day, like yeah. I wouldn't say she I wouldn't consider her, like one of my favourite artists, yeah. But this song till this day is something that I've always remembered from young. Like being in like being in America Lauren Hill, X Factor. Yes. I just remember seeing that music video very, very early on. Very, very early on. And it's just something about it that just completely captivated me. The music video, um, just seeing it, like, I've always found it attractive. I always say to people, like, maybe Lauren Hill is one of my first loves because that's yeah. one of the first music videos that I actually sort of recollected and remember. So yeah. that, and then um, there's this film. Oh, what's this film did they do? about Moses? Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt, Yes. The mm. music in
0: that. Bro, Prince of Egypt's like, it's one, like, it's one of the <laughs> greatest films like, ever made. Forget animated films. For one of the greatest, greatest films ever made. Just like, vi- even the, bro, the visuals to this day. Deception. <laughs>
1: yeah, bang of Let fam, my, fam, my yeah. people go. bro. 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 Yeah, yeah. Th- th- those were the two early examples of like music, like completely touching me and, it's funny. The music I make is nowhere near that. Yeah.
0: So, but. but we all like take inspiration from different things, and it's like, I feel like it's always easy to ask an artist, "Ah, oh, like what samples this? What did you take inspiration?" But like, as an artist, there might be something you're referencing in the song that people, the audience, may never get because they're not you. Yeah, exactly. And but it's but it's deeply personal to who you are. Um, you, all, like as a rapper, I'm sure you're used to the question: What inspired you to rap? But I would ask, I would have put a twist
1: on that question. Why does the rap scene need you? Why does the rap scene need me? I think the rap scene needs me, and whether they want me or not, they're gonna have me. It's because you need someone that is just gonna rap it how it is. Mm. You know, not every like I think listeners are so used to having rappers come from a certain struggle or a certain area or speaking on certain things, and a lot of the times they kind of fear what they don't know. So they kind of fear a different angle and stuff. And for me, I feel like I come with a different angle in regards to like, I touch on things like mental health. I touch on things like religion. I touch on things like growing up in exits, growing, being Nigerian, you know, the back and forth moves from America and the UK. I'm honest about certain things. Like, you know, I'm not afraid to like talk about subjects like, you know, breaking up with my ex-girlfriend and things of that nature. So I think... The UK just music in general just needs someone that's not afraid to try new things with their music. Also, yeah. I think a lot of artists are just so safe with the type of music that they make, and once they've got a formula, they stick to it. Yeah. But if you were to listen to like a Les Wave project, like I've released, um, Let Me Live, King of Essex, and I Love Scars, three separate projects, three completely different, different sounds, sounds, completely, and you can even, clearly see the growth from it. Even you know what I
0: mean? even the single in between, the singles in between, have been different. Yeah, like for me like, like, coming, like, I can't run. like listen to King of Essex when you released No Sleep I was like night and I, day. I didn't know how you it, I didn't know does. you had to sit <laughs> your back heart, like, I like, night I and did day not know because you know King of Essex, you, were, like, you were like a, like a rapper like. barring exactly and barring. I was like when you, when I saw you incorporate like hooks and melodies and stuff like that I was like huh like not to say like I just never expected it because that's not what I saw in it I can only go by what I see yeah. and I was like Wow, like this guy's
1: versatile. Yeah. Like, you know, not even just because you're my friend. Like, yeah. just gen- generally speaking, I was like, "Rotten." And, and generally, I, and that's what I like. I like the fact that, because of course, we, we all have friends that make music, and we're around other like creative people. And naturally, when you have friends that make music, some of them you can't. Just to be candid, there's not a lot of them you can actually look at as artists. Yeah, because that's your friend. Do you know what I mean? But then for me, I feel like a lot of people, even though they're my friend, they can like candidly say like, "Listen, I can't lie to you." your music actually is cold. Yeah. Like I don't look, I'm not listening to it as like Derek, your friend. Like you're actually the suave to me. Do you know what I mean? So I think for me, that's, that's always a plus. And I think the beauty in, you know, being able to release as much music as I have and people like kind of seeing the growth is like, the growth, seeing yeah. where I've come from in terms of like, just being a lyrical miracle, just making sure that I'm just getting every bar on point to the point now where it's like, oh, he can do hooks and he can give you a 64 that can't be touched. So...
0: Yeah, but but like like I said, like you you even your background is quite interesting because you're someone obviously like you represent Essex, but you very much like I spent a lot of time in America, um, born there, right? Yeah, I was born there. So yeah. it's like even like sonically, look, even forget sonically, I'll get to later. But just even culture wise, like as like Derek now, like. What like how how does it feel to like okay you grew up in the states there's a there's a culture over there then being from the UK like what parts of the culture what have you taken from Houston that makes you who you are and what have you taken from like Essex or the UK that makes you who you are today?
1: Um, so being from America, Houston, you know, um, we love screwed and chopped Trump music, chopped and screwed mm. music. So if you ever hear like low pitch vocals, like I call it um, rhythm and screw. Mm. Like if you ever, ever hear me do, like, the R&B kind of stuff with, like, the chop-top vocals, that's the that's the Texas influence. But mm. in terms of the UK, it's like, especially being from Essex, like, we grew up, especially the guys I grew up around, like, we're very, like, tongue-in-cheek, very witty. You know, we come up with things on the fly. So a lot of the stuff that I say is, like, very cheeky, like, what no sleep. Um, Shorty sure wants me to quit rap just so I can be a husband, but yeah. I don't even like commitment, so fuck her. Yeah. Like stuff like that People listen to it's like Oh shit Like I can't believe you're saying that And it's like If you know me personally You know that's the type of stuff yeah. I would say in my music innit? so Do you feel
0: like You have to defend Essex a lot
1: Um Because I can't Sometimes
0: I'll tell you I, I'll tell you I'll tell you a real account I was playing New no Sleep in the car With yeah, yeah. one of my boys yeah, And my boy thought it was cold But he's like Why is he repping Essex like that Essex
1: ain't even the ends like that but that's the problem. I think everybody is just so inclined to like because it will be easy for me to mm. say, yeah, I'm from East London. Like I, yeah. I used to live in Stratford, parts of where I live, not far, it's not far from East London, yeah. you know what I mean? But I felt for me it was important to be bigging up Essex because one, East London is very cliche, everyone is from East London. Two, there's this notion and expectancy of when someone says they're from Essex, you kind of have an idea of where what they look like. But then it's like I grew up around people that went to school with Skinny Joey Essex. I, like, I grew up around that. Like I probably don't sound it, but before, I used to sound proper Essex. But then I went uni, I was around certain men like Lloyd <laughs> and other people <laughs> that used to cuss to me. So I was just like, you know what, let me like yeah, kind it, of like tone it tone it down, do you know what I mean? But, yeah, like, do I defend it sometimes but at the same time, like, people, Essex is just Essex. Isn't yeah. it? Like, I feel like, once you kind of like, grow, like people just need to grow up, man. It's mm. It's another area. Like, there's rappers from Coventry, there's rappers from Leicester, like it's just another place. Do you know what I mean? I thought
0: our um obviously your venture into becoming like a rapper, right? What made it like what made you transition from hey, I can spit some bars, cool, like I'm pretty decent at this to this is my passion. Like this isn't just like a job or something I want to yeah. make money from. This is like this is what my calling, this is what I was put on here to do. Like what what how was that transition like?
1: I think it was kind of seamless because like I always say to people like in terms of like the making music side, like I'd always been involved in music one way or the other growing yeah. up. Like I started off as a producer. Okay. And then um I was obviously pursuing basketball. That didn't that wasn't a thing. So um obviously when I'd gotten into uni, I'd been around people that were creative and this is the first time I've n- being around people like that. Mm. Because, of, of course, growing up, you're around people that rap and spit, but... So, so when were you introduced to, like, these creatives? Or? Um, In 2030. It's coming up to 10 years. So, okay. people like Anafi, which yeah. you know, Kid Bracer, Jordan James, like, a few of us, we started this collective called Turn. Yeah. And this December will even be the 10-year anniversary of it. Big up Turn. So, um, yeah, I was just around so many different creative people. Um it kind of just like inspired me like, you know what? Maybe this is something I could like give a go. And then, you know, started recording music with these lot, put out my first song. And then from there, just like getting bookings. So as time was going on, you know, I'll be like getting into label meetings and I'll be doing shows, got nominated for like a mobile and song award. Mm. So at that point, it's like, I remember I was in America when I got nominated. Like I got the, saw the email and then i showed my mom. And my mom's like, yeah, this is like, she, I, I don't even think she knew I was making music like that. And she was like, you know what, let's make it happen. And then, you know, started putting up projects, headlines, shows, doing shows up and down the country. And as time was going on, it was like, it just like, it was like a natural seamless thing. Like I'm already doing it and I'm already like being seen by like big people, I'm in label meetings. So it was just like, it just it just more so became a thing. Because even like the name Wave, it was never meant to be my name. It was literally like, I'm getting ready to, re- people already at New knew me as Les Wave. I'm getting ready to release music. It's better that I just release it as La Suave. Like I wanted it to be a completely different thing, but Yeah. We're here now, man.
0: Nah, for for, for sure, for sure. Um, before we get back into the topic, I realised we hadn't done our rare moments oh, of the yes, week. Yes,
1: we haven't, yes.
0: Yeah, but so La what who and what is your rare moment week. yeah, you can okay. do do two. My
1: first one is gonna be you, Rare Podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Honestly, like I've saying <laughs> this to you before, like I'm so happy that Rare Podcast is back. Like podcasting at the moment is in the mud and I know how passionate you are about this, pro- um, this platform yeah. so the fact that you're able to come every week and talk about the things that you want to speak about it's not about body counts it's not about who pays on the first day it's not about uh, how quickly are you meant to lick someone's nyash in a relationship <laughs> it's none in that shit you're basically talking about real things of real people Yeah. and the fact that you're carrying it on your back and it's doing well Appreciate it, after man. I have to applaud you Appreciate, every single time, my bro. I'm honestly proud of you. Thank you. And my number two... Um, hmm, was number two? Number two, I'm going to put my boy Ab Stainless. Big mm. up Ab's. Um, he's an amazing artist, graphic designer. His artwork actually got used in um, Rema's concert. Oh, really? Rema's concert. Um, you know when the girls were... I don't know if you saw it, but the girls were holding some signs. Yes. He's going that design that. So yeah, big up Ab Stainless, my bro, every single time. He's got a mixtape coming next month or this month. I can't remember, but... Yeah. Um, right. My
0: rare moment of the week... Well, it's not really of the week, but it is a the group I discovered on Spotify, just randomly browsing. They currently only have 300 monthly listeners, which I think is criminal. They're called The Blue Room. They're a group out uh, in the States. When I they make R&B music, yeah. they've got two songs out. The song I would recommend you guys listen to, I'm going to pull it up right now, is called Don't Wait Too Long. I'm going to even put it in... I'm even put it in the description. Don't wait too long. That song, honestly, bro. These guys need one. These guys need to part more music because yeah. they're amazing. But two, I think like like you said, this is what rare is about. And I feel like I want to uplift people that I feel deserve exactly, recognition. 100%. So like the Blue Room, you guys, phenomenal, phenomenal. Don't I'm wait too to long. It's an actual,
1: is absolutely. You've you got bad. a playlist? I'm gonna start making a playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, play gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a rare playlist. I got a question for you quickly. Yeah. yeah why is music so shit these days? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Why is music so shit these days? And for me, okay, yeah, after that, and then second, what genre do you think has been the best this year? Like, seamless. Okay.
0: I think one, it's been shit because it's all algorithm based. I feel like a lot of people are trying to appease whether it's a TikTok algorithm or streaming. It's... Do you know what? No, that's a cop-out answer. I'll be real. Music has been shit because of that, but I thought I blame consumers sometimes. And I blame I blame us as consumers sometimes because it's like the stuff that we like or we wanna see, we wanna see applauded, we don't go out of our way to applaud it. 100 percent For example, I'll use female rappers as a perfect example. The cliche is female rappers are shit what they're talking about, Shaking Yash. Cool. Which I don't think is a bad thing, by the way. I think, man, um, I, I don't I think it's a, it. I, I encourage it. I encourage because at the end man. of the day, like when you're going to these functions, when you're going to these places, the songs that get the crowd most lit are the female adverbs. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to listen to real nigga rap when I'm outside. A lot of men are just capping, man. I'm not the, listening to real nigga they, rap they, when I'm outside. They,
1: they, they, they want to champion certain rappers. I'm not, I'm not mentioning their names. I don't want it to be like a slight on them. Yeah. They want to champion certain rappers, but these are not the type of rappers. Like, these, like if, if the type of girl you wanted looks like that, you're not going to go for them. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? But people, women that rap about shaking, yes, and whatever, they're making it seem as if it's like such a detriment to the community. And it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. I don't feel like they're necessarily harming anyone whatsoever. They're not doing as much harm as maybe like a drill rapper is. Yeah. In terms of talking about how many people they've killed and chefed and whatever. But all of a sudden, when a woman's talking about, when a woman's empowering another woman and empowering women in general, all of a sudden it's, oh, we need to hide our kids well, who raised these niggas? Because I don't understand why. Why, like, we're, we, we've we've allowed, we've created this platform as hip hop to be something that you people can use to speak about their own truths. But now women are coming to speak about their own truths. All of a sudden, it's, I don't want to hear about Aussie Clark in this. Don't get me wrong, it can be excessive when it comes yeah. to certain rappers and if they can't display other skills. But at the same time, like you said, us as consumers, we're just consuming fast music, so...
0: Yeah. And also as well, even on that, onto that point, it's like, okay, but you're not promoting the alternative either. You're complaining to for, for complaining because there are rappers out there where, I don't want to use them as a scapegoat, but there are rappers out there where they are talking about the content that you are advocating for, but then you're not going to their shows, you're not supporting their music, you're not, you're yeah. not streaming them. So it seems like a lot of just like people... People are complaining about the music but then actively consuming it. So I think us us as consumers, we we need we really need to reflect and look at ourselves and be yeah. like Cause we have the power at the end of the day. Yeah, 100 percent We have the power at the end of the day. Yes, there are corporations that are, that have algorithms, that have um agendas that they want to push, but at the end of the day, a lot of these artists are making money regardless. Yeah. Not these artists are touring. How are they touring? They have a fan base that they've cultivated over time.
1: Yeah. Um sorry, what was, what was your second question? Uh, what's it called? What genre have you, do you think has been the best or the most consistent this year? <sighs>
0: I can't lie. I'll be very transparent. I don't think I've listened to, like, many new projects this year more than, like, once. Yeah. So I can't really pick out a particular genre. I'm, I'm usually an R&B guy as of, like, maybe the past three, four years. Yeah. I've preferred R&B over hip-hop. But then, even so, like, the
1: artists that I'm checking for haven't released this year. Yeah. Jack James, please release a project. Jack James. I'll share to someone about Jack James the other day. Please Come on now. Look at us, man. We're, we're starving right now. We need this music, bro. bro. <laughs> we need this like, music. I, like, I don't like to say, oh, he's the coldest artist. You no,
0: know, he's he's a phenomenal artist. Yeah. I don't like to like region block artists to say, oh, he's the best out of the UK. No, he's a phenomenal artist. Like, like the last thing I heard from him was obviously the feature he did with Ambre on Arm um Baby, which was, <laughs>
1: bro. Ambre's one of my favorite artists. This year. She's been my favorite, one of my favorite artists for the last two, three years. Like, she's sensational so yeah so those are
0: artists yeah. like I, I guess like I'm adding names into a hat those are artists I'm checking for yeah. but like and do you know what it is sometimes I feel like as like an active music consumer I can feel like sometimes a bit of a hipster because I'm, I'm naming artists that aren't yeah. you know the general consensus agree that oh this artist is the best and so on and so forth but it's just for me
1: I think it's important that people do that though like I was even having a conversation with um, my boy in one of my group chats today we are talking about um, the uh, deluxe album for Drake's new album yeah is his album is terrible? I'm yeah. so sorry, but the the five extra tracks that he done, I listened to it separately, and we were having a conversation in regards to like, um, he said that yeah, in regards to like bars wise, it's probably one of the best. And I brought up Mick Jenkins. I said Mick Jenkins' yes. album, he out, he probably outrapped everyone. the Only guys yeah. I can probably think of that's probably toe to toe with him in in regards to bars this year. It's probably like a killer Mike. Yes, my boy was like, who the hell? is Like, does anybody else in this group know who Mick Jenkins is? In my thinking what's that got to do with anything? You asked me who outbarred him. Just because you don't know him, and I think that's a general consensus with a lot of um, consumers this day as well. It's like, if they don't know someone, automatically they rap write people off. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think that should be a thing. Like, if someone is like, of course, if you listen to artists and you don't like them, fair enough, but if I'm throwing a if I'm throwing a name in that, um, on the table, just listen and check him out and deem it for yourself, like whether this person is credible or not. I don't think you should just automatically write people off just because you don't know them. And also, I
0: think even I wanted to ask you over talk to your question. Do you think what are your thoughts on like hip hop media as a whole? Because I, I say that to say, you brought up like people not checking for an artist because they might not know of them. And I see tons of streaming platforms, um, hip hop platforms, sorry, or music platforms, emphasise numbers and streaming, which I understand are important for the artist, yeah. of course. Like only they're signed to labels, and labels have requirements. But as a consumer, it how this it. does directly affect my consumption of the music? If an album is great, I don't care great. how Bro, many, how honestly, much it's sold.
1: I do not care. Uh, 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 what's it called? An album can go triple platinum white paper. I don't give a toss. because if the album is good, the album is good. I can probably go from my Spotify and list plenty of albums that were great, but because they're not out in the open or because they didn't make X amount of sales, there will be certain fans, not all fans, there'll be certain fans like, uh, but if it didn't get more than 10K, then clearly it's not a good album. But it's like, Listen, sales are not indicative of how good an album is. Mm. It's just indicative of... It's it's a mixture of how popular the artist is and how good the um, project is, and how, if they if they find it favourable. But if you're just deeming someone's project solely based on sales, then a lot of our favourite artists off the gate probably won't even get to where they are now. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. But like you said, I think consumers, we're, we're a big problem. And I what I think the problem is with a lot of consumers as well is that a lot of them aren't actually music fans we talk about this in wrestling in the time a lot of them are just casuals a lot yeah. of them just like what is out there a lot of them are not going out of their way to find artists that they like or find music that they like they just go based on okay cool this is popular on twitter or tiktok or it's on the radio or it's on tv so i'm a f with it but they're not going to go and do the deep dives on the on the the b cuts that this artist has so
0: but to, to play devil's advocate would you say then that you're you treating music as like a chore because why should I as a consumer have to listen to ten different projects? Why I can't why I can't just, why can't I just find what the radio give to me? Doesn't that doesn't that make, still make me a music fan if I
1: still appreciate what the radio gives to me? I think you're a casual music fan. If I'm just casually just giving you rice every single time, you're you're gonna naturally like rice, but you can't come tell me that you're you're a foodie mm. because you haven't gone out of your way to go and try different types of rice. You're just eating white rice, white rice, white rice. There's more than white rice, yo. yo. What the hell? That can't be the only carb that you just want to eat and now yeah. come and tell me you're a foodie that you like all yeah. types of rice when you're only just eating one type of rice. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, of course, like, everybody, like, it's, it's it's also down to laziness as well. Naturally, as humans, we want things that are easily accessible to us. We just want things to just be given to us. But at the same time, nothing, in e- nothing worth having comes easy in life. So if you want to find the great music and the stuff that you're enduring on maybe the radio or on TikTok isn't that great for you, then maybe you should do due diligence and go out and actually find the music that you actually want to listen to or go and research further because we see it all the time with concerts. People will go to like an ashake concert or a WizKid concert, but the only songs that they actually know... Are
0: the headlines.
1: ...are, are the ones, all the singles. But then when they now start playing deep cuts that the fans know, mm. that's when they now come to say, oh, the concert would have been good, but he didn't perform this song, this song, this song. Instead, he performed this song. It's like, but these artists are not doing shows for casuals. Of course, casuals always go there because of FOMO, but they're doing songs for their deep fans. For their fans. So Wizkid now doing a song that's um, um, 10 years old shouldn't come and shake you because you've only just started coming to listen to him because you like the popular stuff. But the deep cuts that people grew up on him, they're there for that as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I agree with that. And that's why for me, I'm very strict with the concerts I go to because... Not because like I like I feel like the only appreciation I'll get from a concert is, if, is if I'm familiar with this person's catalogue. Right, I might not know every app project this person's made, but I always make it a rule. like If I know two to three projects, roughly, I'll go. Because I'll hear a majority of what exactly this artist yeah. has put out. Because I don't want to go to a concert. Because I've been to concerts before where, hey, I want to hear the hits. They've performed the hits now and I'm damn shuffling. That's what festivals are for.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what festivals are for. Festivals are basically the artist's discography condensed to basically their greatest hits for the most part. Yeah. And maybe a deep cut here and there. That's yeah. what a festival's for. But if we're going to a a concert dedicated to that specific artist. That's a, a concert for me is a celebration of an artist's career. 100%. It's a celebration. It's like, hey, I've been, I've amassed um, uh, a following and a fan base to where I can sell out X amount of people in this venue. Let's celebrate my career through the years, 100%. beginning towards the end. I might not be able to do everything, but at least the fans of me who's, who got here later and in the beginning can appreciate the work that I've put out.
1: 100%. And I think people also need to realise that, because I've been to concerts... Um, where I only like there's one concert I went to years I think it might have been like 2017, 2018. I think no, 2017. It was, um, do you remember Ram Riddles? No, he, um, um I think Drake done a remix to his song Sweeter Man, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he had a song called Bad Man at the time. A song was like one of my favorite songs during that time. I thought, you know what, let me just go to the concert. It was a vibe, I only knew one song, yeah, and that was the last song he was performing. Yeah. So I'm there listening to songs, where I'm just like. I don't know if I feel this. I don't know if I feel this. But I'm going to stick out to the end because I know the finale is going to be this one song.
0: Yeah.
1: And he performed the song. Great. Got that couple of reload, um, reloads. After that, I was like, I actually wasted £30. Yeah. I could have actually saw this. For, 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 <laughs> for, for maybe for maybe five minutes of
0: content, you oh, wasted 30 yeah, yeah.
1: And I went there by myself thinking, it's a good thing I came by myself because if I came with someone that doesn't even listen to him, they'll probably think like, this is a waste of experience. time. Do you know what I mean? But I think a lot of consumers as well, I think sometimes we tend to forget that. Concerts aren't a two-way thing. It's a two-way thing. So as much as where we want to hear the songs that we want to hear, an artist also wants to perform what they want to perform. Like, they're not just only doing you a service. They're doing themselves a service as well. Like, the fact that they've been able to um, sell out this venue, they want to now perform the songs that they feel like has brought them to the dance. Mm. And they feel like once, once they hear this song to themselves... Yeah, I, I, like every time I come to this venue, I can imagine I already know the songs I've performed. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I think sometimes we have to give artists a bit of due diligence. Like, you know what? You're not going to perform all your hits, but you're going to cater to everyone and that's how it should be. But at the same time, if you don't listen to an artist regularly, but because Tukumba and Janice and this person said they're going to the concert, you now want to go there with your heels and you don't enjoy yourself. You say it's, 12, it's, um, it's five out of ten because you didn't perform all the songs you wanted then I'm so sorry for you. You probably need to actually go to a concert of an artist that you generally like genuinely like every enjoy. one of their songs. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. As an artist, because you spoke about like how a concert's like a two-way thing where the artist, you know, needs to perform their songs. Um, you, You've you been someone who's been independent artist, you've been on a label. I wanted to ask like, how is the creative process being independent versus being on a label? Do in your, With your experiences on a label... Are the labels pushing you to do certain things? Have there been times where you have to compromise your kind of integrity as an artist, but to acquiesce to the label's needs? Yeah. Or like, has your experience been different to the traditional doom and gloom of like a record
1: label? I think it was a mixture of a, of both. Like obviously as an independent artist, you can do whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? Of course you want to still be at the service of the people that listen to your music, but your, your, your wants and needs are at the, at the forefront. Not to cut you off here, but can you
0: actually speak to what it is to be independent? Because I feel like yeah. a lot of artists preach independence,
1: independence. What is independence? What is to be an independent artist? I do everything myself. Okay. Well, of course, I've got a manager in it, but of course, I think there's levels to independence because yes. it's like you could be signed to like an independent label. The label does everything themselves. There's no major funding there's no major machine behind you. So Mm -hmm. there are are levels to independence in there. But obviously there's going to be people that are generals in, like there's plenty of artists, some of our favourites that are forming as they're independent, but they've got big labels that are streaming the money, do you know what I mean? And I get it, do you know what I mean? It's a look at the end of the day, you want people to kind of give you the accolades of, oh, he done this all by himself. He just done it, him and his team. It's like, it's you, your team and this major conglomerate, do you know what I mean? But being part of a label, like you said, in terms of like having to compromise, you kind of have to do that because at the end of the day, it's not your money being spent. Yeah. So when you're working on certain projects and when you're working on certain music, you know, you have to put the the labels' wants and needs at the forefront. You know, like I remember when I was um, at the label, they wanted me um, to make "I'm a Piano," <laughs> and that's the problem. It's like you hate you know, "I'm a Piano." Oh, I hate it, man. I can't, I can't stand it. <laughs> I'm, wrong, I'm down to go to Am A Piano Motive now. Like, I've seen the, I've seen the light still. <laughs> I've seen the light. But, yeah, like, it's just not... And for me, it's like, with the music I make, like, I couldn't imagine myself on it. Yeah. I could, if I was to see an example of something I could do that could work on my, my Piano, I'd be all for it. But other than that, I don't see it in it. So, yeah, they wanted me to make Am A Piano, that this this glorious concept of, yeah, we're going to call it African water, this and that. And I'm thinking, you guys signed me, you guys knew the type of music I was making. But all of a sudden you want me to kind of change it up to kind of appease the, the masses. And it's not even necessarily like something that's my own sound. If we were to do like my own sound or the sounds I can make and then water it down to kind of like appease a national front, fair enough. But you want me to now go into a completely different lane and completely dumb myself down just for the sake of like, you know, we want to try to get on radio, we want to try this, we want to try to do that. But it's like... Not every artist That shouldn't be Every artist lane Not every artist Should now just jump on Anything that they deem As popular Like for Mm. me That's never been the thing Have I been able to make Certain sounds of my own 100% But then at the end Of the the day I feel like The beauty of being an artist Is knowing yourself And knowing what your limits are I'm not going to be able To hit a vibrato Or hit any notes Like a Destin Conrad Mm. But I, I can stay within my limit And I know what beats Work for me Yeah but if you're now going to try and make me do, ah, true, 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 true. <laughs> but then people that know me personally, you know, Don't, that's not what I'm yeah. on and they know my brand. Yeah. Then things will now start to conflict and it's now start to conflate even down to like certain production and certain samples that are being used. It's like things just weren't making, making sense. But in terms of like my own output, I was still able to like record the music that I wanted to. Yeah. But it was just at the helm of, okay, cool do we know if this label are going to mess with it or is this what the label wants? Because, bro, I can tell you, I'm sitting on maybe like 30, 40 songs. 30, 40 songs. And you can't release them? I couldn't release them at the time. Obviously, now I can release them at the time. Bro, like songs like No Sleep, the label didn't like it. Okay. They didn't like it. It's only when they saw online that people, that they saw the reaction of it. It's like, oh shit. So you basically released
0: the snippets without the label's consent? Yeah. Okay. As in,
1: bro, it got to a point where it was like, I was releasing like mixtapes, like under, like under another name, yeah, and just putting it out there and I would send it to people and people were like, yo, this music fucking slaps, like why, why is it not out? I'm like, contractually like can't, otherwise I'm chizzed, you know what I mean? So there, there is like, every label's different depending on the artist, you know what I mean? Not everyone is having, not everyone has that where they have to just bow and surrender to the label's needs. Like, don't get me wrong, it wasn't like all gloom and doom where it was like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. There'll be certain songs where it's like, hey, we like this, but maybe you need to change this up so it's more palatable for people because, you know, you don't want you don't want to be on radio doing lyrical miracles, spitting everything, and then people are just like, they love the hook, but the verses they don't get. So yeah. it, w- it was give and take with certain situations, but then there were certain situations where it was like... I can't lie, I'm not surrendering to this because this isn't me. I can't yeah. make this me. Yeah. And I didn't want to ever come across like I'm not willing to learn or I'm not willing to try and change things for the betterment of us as a team and us and the product coming out. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like more artists need to kind of like put their foot down because you can you can try new things, which isn't a problem, but then if it now ultimately like stops you from making the type of music you want to make and that you believe in. Because for me, I don't ever want to put stuff out that I don't believe in. It doesn't feel like me. Yeah. Like, I genuinely can't operate. If I don't feel something, I won't be able to work. Yeah. Like, we came in in Stooge, like, I remember they sent me tons of beats. And I'm just listening to them, like, none of this makes sense to me whatsoever. Like, I remember there was this um, Frank Ocean thinking about you sample that they did. I said, this is not going to work because one, clearing the sample is already going to... Uh, it's you, a nightmare. It's going to be a nightmare. Bro, Frank Ocean. Two, <laughs> you know. bro, Frank Ocean thinking about you. That's not on my... I don't really care for the song, but if we're talking like in terms of music, that is an iconic song. If I don't do this song justice, Justice. it is Wahala for me. I will get cooked. And if you're now going to present me a beat that's sampling that song, it has to be to the level of that song or don't send it to me. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's... um. I think when it comes to like signing deals and I always tell people like, listen... Not everybody's, case, not everybody's deal will be the same and not everybody's experience will be the same because there are going to be artists that have had good deals and they've been able to come out of it. Mine wasn't bad until it became bad. It's just a matter of just knowing what your terms and conditions are and just knowing that what you're doing is going to benefit both of you and it's not necessarily going to hinder you as a person and take away from how you are as yeah. an artist.
0: Yeah. Go, so when you got into rap right? How did you find your identity as an artist? And the question I'm asking is because there's especially like when when did you start like properly like okay, I'm a rapper now? Like what at like, what year would you say? I would say probably twenty sixteen maybe. Twenty sixteen. Okay. Yeah. During that period of time I mean it's been a, It's been a thing in rap For yeah. a while But during that period of time You could probably say People like Abracadabra Rising up Obviously Krypton Conan Have been around for yeah. For a while Dave Jay Haas And I say those names Because those names You know they they, they they In any way Shape or form You can put some of these men in Like Oh These men grew up in a certain Environment Certain area So they have experiences That they could speak on Yeah how obviously growing up how you grew up with completely different you grew up in houston london essex i mean london essex a variety of different experiences that don't conform to like the real rap archetype was that difficult for you to like was that a tough pill to swallow because it was like you don't look like a lot of these rappers you don't have this you don't talk about the same thing as these rappers did you find like almost like an identity crisis or I don't fit in? Like, how did you push through those like, obstacles laid in front of you?
1: No, I don't think it was a difficult thing because okay. it wasn't like it was like, it wasn't like I was far from all of that stuff. Like I, I, I wasn't involved in it, but yeah. I was around people. I grew up with people that were involved mm. in family members, got cousins still deep in the trenches of that. So yeah. it wasn't stuff that I wasn't aware of. But at the same time, I kind of knew like my life, People know me. I couldn't lie about, yeah. you know, stabbing people or fighting people and yeah, that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, for me, I've always kind of like, especially like with the rappers I was listening to growing up, like the likes of the the chameleonaires, the Kanye West, the Talib mm. Kualis, the Commons, um, the Mickey Fax. Mm. A lot of my, like, as, as much as I loved, I enjoyed a lot of the, the, the violent stuff, a lot of my favourite artists weren't people that subscribed to that. Yeah. They might have been around it. Like, the Joe Bunners, they might have been around it, but for me, I always enjoyed people that were rapping about stuff that people were too scared to talk about or just talking about stuff that were completely off-kilter. Like, me, I'm a lover boy. So when, like, you know me, I'm a dramatic person. When I stop talking to a girl, me, I consider it heartbreak. Something like hey, AOA, some heartbreak, bro, that completely touched me. I loved that project. Common, I loved Common. Like, mm. for me, I, I didn't necessarily find it mad because especially when I was like coming up, like the SoundCloud days as well, a lot of the artists I was around, they were rapping, wouldn't say the same thing about Like Me, but they weren't talking about, like, violence. They weren't talking about, you know, drugs and shit like that. They were more so concerned about they're here to have a good time. Yeah. Where the women at? And what's the vibe? Do you know what I mean? So for me, I didn't really necessarily find it as an idea. I think for me, it was just the only... I wouldn't say struggle, but it was just kind of like convincing people that, yeah, there's actually a cold artist from Essex. Because as of now, the only rapper people could at the time could think of that like, from Essex was maybe like a pot of paper. Yeah. But he's from a completely different lifestyle. But he's and not he, far from me.
0: And he conforms to like the, the Yeah, archetype. he conforms
1: to that. So f- I just wanted people to kind of see like, oh, okay, cool. This isn't like a typical, this, you, would, this isn't what you would expect from a rapper from Essex. But the way he says things, the way he kind of like, Formulates his words together The wit The tongue-in-cheekness Oh he's a cheeky guy He must be from Essex You know what I mean So I think for me Being from Essex Even helped that more mm. Than anything Like I felt like If I'd just been a standard East London rapper I think it would have been good But there wouldn't have been This like whole jeunesse aquatomy to me Like I could go around Just saying yeah I'm the king of Essex But who's gonna say any different I wanted to talk
0: about The state of like What, what do you think the state As an artist as well What do you think the state of, like, music media is in the UK? Do you... Because I feel like I see a lot of the time on Twitter, right? There'll be an artist, you know, from, let's say, a couple years back who had a peak, had a run, but has gone on to do other things. And they'll be like, the UK failed this artist. The UK failed this artist. And I'm like... Okay, if we keep saying the UK failed this artist, the UK failed this artist... Are we are not going to put the onus on the artist?
1: <laughs> when are not going to the artist accountable? Like, don't get me wrong, like, with certain aspects, I get it. But at the same time, music is always a changing thing. Mm. Like, someone might have been popping because they're doing Afro swing at that time, but we're not doing... Afro, nobody's doing Afro swing mm. anymore, or that, that type of Afro swing. If they had just, um, you know, maybe changed their things up, then maybe they would have. But then again... Um, fans are fickle they change on people all the time anyway so I mean I don't think it's always fair to say the UK failed this person but at the same time I feel like when people go about their way to say that it's like it's like the onus is like oh I don't listen to the anymore why don't I listen to that artist anymore like no artist that I listen to that probably isn't popping now if I still listen to them I don't think they failed because I still enjoy their music Yeah. and I think the problem is a lot of artists that can't make class, like, timeless music like you spoke about in your, your last episode, people aren't making timeless music. And some of the best music that we enjoy over the years is because nostalgia is driving us to enjoy the music because the music now isn't really hitting. Yeah. But then has an artist necessarily failed if they dropped a song maybe six, seven years ago, but we can still go back to it. But then a certain songs now, we will listen to it for a month and it's like, yeah, it was cool. It. But and a lot of the music now we're overexposed to because stuff like TikTok... We'll be, we'll be we'll be swiping, 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 swiping. At that point, we haven't even listened to the full song. but It feels it like we've been listening to the song for a month. But then there's a certain artist mm. that we was listening to in uni. We saw that person perform live. We saw their music videos. Now we can play their music and it's like, yo, this song still slaps, you know? You put it in your playlist and you're still bumping it. So I don't know. I feel like failure is is um, subjective to a lot of people. Now, of course, the artists might not feel like they've succeeded because they're probably not in a position where they want to be. But... I feel like for me, I would rather take someone be still being able to listen to my music 20 years down the line as opposed to just being popping on TikTok and then all of a sudden nothing comes from it.
0: Mm. I feel like relevancy relevancy, I wouldn't say it's an overrated currency, but I feel like a lot of people are making music to stay relevant. But relevant is 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 is, is a depreciating asset. Yeah. It's an asset where it's like, cool, I'm relevant for now. But am I gonna make music that has staying power with people? Like to to go back to the original conversation, like music lives with you. Yeah, like true art lives with you. Like art will stay with you. And if it's like okay, you're releasing something for the moment, sure, somebody might be able to go back in ten years and be like, oh, that music was of this moment. But is that music gonna be passed down to people? Like I'm like like for example, like when I listen to like old school R and B, I was not around. I don't have context for for when these songs came out. But I take something from those songs. That's even right. though even though I'm I'm from a completely different walk of life, I'm a completely from a completely different generation. There's stuff about these songs, even old school hip hop, whatever, it could be whatever type of music. I take stuff from these songs. And if you're constantly chasing trends and constantly being of the moment, yeah, your music will represent that moment, but it can't but it can't exist outside of that moment.
1: Yeah. And the thing is I'm not against people making Songs to be for the moment, but then it's like, can you really allow your career to just be based off that? Mm. There's a reason why us growing up, we can go to a shubs now. Roses are red, and all, yeah. and for us, we weren't even outside. Outside Yeah, but that song still hits mm-hmm. us like mm-hmm. like we've listened to that song from young, and by the time we're at this age now, we're looking at it like, bro, this song fucking big, slaps.
0: Up, <laughs> big up on Arthur, do you see? Um, when it um, I think it was the I think it was even it was a bird I think it was um. Birthday party for one of the one of the kids. Yeah, bro. When they when the seventies and eighties shoes started popping off, bro. I was
1: like, there's a reason. That's why I say when music lives with you, bro, it stays with you. There are certain songs that you don't even have to know the words to. it. You don't even remember where you heard from. But the minute you hear it, it touches you completely. Like it's. I, I feel like I'm being dramatic, but certain songs I listen to, it genuinely gives me goosebumps because in my I'm thinking, fuck. <laughs> What was you what was you cooking when you
0: fucking made bro, this song? Bro, like even and it's a music and music brings generation together. This is a this is a cliche example, but it's so Michael Jackson in my in my household, yeah. Bro, bro, I don't know if you understand, yeah. Like bro, Michael Jackson in my household. Hey, bro, like my like me and my mom, yeah, like my mom's not really a music head like that, is it? Like she like l- consumes music casually. We'll be having arguments to be like, this song is better, that song is better. My mum's a Congolese woman, isn't it? Back in Congo, they don't speak English. Right, the natural language isn't English. But they'll be making their own lyrics to Michael Jackson just to sing the song. I d I didn't know beat it was beat it in my house. It was just pe la, be,
1: be, pe. Just feel it. it. I think what? I saw someone say that on the TikTok. Well, yeah, you know? Beat it so wasn't funny. beat it in the house. it was just so beat it.
0: Like even, even human nature, it wasn't it wasn't why, it was nyao. Um <laughs> But, but, like, but, but there's but there's but that music, Michael's music is something where me and my Marge, me and uncles, me and aunties, bro, even now there's a generation that's under me. I play Michael Jackson, we weren't none of us were outside, but we, but when we hear that music, it touches us.
1: Universal, like, music is a universal language, and like you said, it brings generations, it brings people from all walks and lives together. And it's like, it's it's such a, a beautiful thing. And it's like, at the same time, it's such an ugly thing at the same time because we're getting a lot of ugliness from it in terms of like some of the music that we hear. But it's like, I'd rather be with than without it. Yeah. So it's like, you have to take the good of the bad. So yeah, man. Oh God, music is just a brilliant thing, man, honestly. I just feel like, once like, I feel like once you as a person know the type of music you like and know the type of music that ticks you and even outside of that, once you as a man know the music that ticks a woman, yeah. bro. <laughs> you see, once you as a man knows a song that, bro, there's not girls don't find anything more attractive than a guy that can put a girl into a good song. You see, bro. back in the day, they they, they 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 have um tick trading, yeah, um, playlist trading, <laughs> machine for machine, machine for machine, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> bro, machine for machines, bro oh, you like this type of music? I right, cool, let me put you on. I send them a whole playlist. Oh my God, I've never heard of this artist before. Yeah, they come into town, she come concert. Yeah, I can't do that. Bro. Bro. No, Jordan, my,
0: my, my, one of my favourite bonding experiences, yeah, is a gal that likes the music that I like. And not just like, oh yeah, I've heard a few artists. When we're really trading tapes, like we're going, we're having arguments about what song of what album was better. Bro, that's... bro, you see that feeling, yeah, of like, bro, like I remember I was, I was, in the, I was in the. It's as good as Lipson, big man thing. Bro, it's as good as Lipson. There's like, <laughs> a cool memory I have here yeah, of like me in the room. I mean, it's got what arguing about uh, about Sade fam, just smooth operator versus this song, and I was like, I can't lie, I can't like that. What's your bridal price right now?
1: What's the bridal new oh, Reminds me of one. There was one girl that um in uni. This is when um Sailing Souls first came out. Or Janae Aiko, bro. That album's deeper, though, bro. The album's deeper. I swear deeper. to you. You see me and this girl. We act, like no nothing mad happened. We literally just chilled in the room, like for like a good like just having the album on repeat, just chilling, bro. cuddling. There'll be times we'll be talking, talking about our favourite songs, just talking about like our favourite artists, and it's like if if only dating was this simple. Like it just felt like such a beautiful moment. And it's like, again, like I said, music talks to you. It's like, I don't even like thinking about that moment, but in general, it's like, stuff like that, it's like, bro, this is why music is such a beautiful, it's such such a beautiful thing. And I feel like a lot of people just don't take music so as seriously as they should in terms of like their music taste, because it's like, you're telling me like outside of the popular stuff that's out there, you actually have, a, you can't formulate like your own music taste of what no, you, you actually you, like. Yeah. But because it's, you hear it at this shops and you hear it on this playlist and you hear it on, that's your core music taste. And it's like, there's certain babes that I've spoken to and I'll be like, oh, so what music are you into? And like, they'll send me the stuff that they're into and the mind I'm thinking, my I'm so sorry. You're never hearing from me again. Bro, I can't lie it's, to
0: it's you. It's just, it's just like, because like, I, I think music, like I said, doesn't give me in, insight into, but it gives me insight into like, okay, like what makes you who you are? Like, what do you like? You mentioned Sailor and Souls, I can't lie, Jodeo, Jodeo, it's, no, she was my like for a period of time, there was Sailing Souls, there was Sold Out EP, <laughs> Bro, like it was so no, Sailor, wait, Sailing Souls was the EP, and then Sold Out was the album. Yeah. Bro, there was a period of time where Janae was my wife. Like, bro, obviously people talk about songs like The Worst, but I talk about, I talk about songs like Pressure, Waze,
1: <laughs> <please.
0: laughs>
1: bro. Bro, ah, oh, fam. People are uh, people. Just don't get it. They don't like, get it, bro. Bro, like I remember, there was one girl I was chatting to, and um, was talking about like deep cut, like songs that like people, and then was talking about um, James Fontaray, and I was mm. thinking, wait, you know who James Fontaray is? She was like, yeah. She was just showing me different stuff. I was like, if I had the money to buy you a ring, I would actually bro. take you to go and get something bro. now. And we'll still, and I think. Um, we was literally, we had one moment, yeah. We was both about to send each other a song, it We, um, we sent, um, Fly ass Pisces by Cocaine 80s. We sent it at the same time. Bro, when we both said, I said, you know, this is the guy I have to marry. Yeah. Now I don't know where she is. She hates me. I bro,
0: bro, <laughs> no. Specifically, yeah, with that, with that sold out album, yeah, there's a song, yeah, that for me, yeah, spot, spotless mind, yeah, for me, I used to wake up to that song every morning, walk to school, come back home. <laughs> bro, like, like bro, there's they, certain, like, if a girl told me she's a Janae Aiko fan, or someone told me they're a Janae fan in general, it's like, we need to talk. We need to actually talk because I feel like, like you said before, and the recurring theme of this pod, but music sticks with you. Like, I remember the first time I heard, like, I always talk about this mixtape, uh, but I remember the first time I heard Chance the Rapper Acid Rap. Brilliant, bro. That 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 that. I remember my boy put me onto it. He's like, bro, because I was a huge. Because I was mostly just listening to Kendrick and so He's like, bro, check out this this EP Acid Rap. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't acid rap. I don't. I don't take drugs. Yeah. Like, what's, what's this got to do with me? Listen to. It, I was like, bro. I can listen to this project front to back. Yeah, exactly. And it just stays with me. But um, I wanted to have a conversation with you as an artist. It's a conversation that's been overdue. Yeah. Um, we we always talk, we always hear artists from like rest in peace Nipsey Hussle. Oh, he was he was very adamant about owning his masters. Many artists are, pro- are are you know are proposing that as an artist, you own your masters. And we've had conversations in the past about like how. Well, you said owning masters for some people is overrated. They don't need it. Yeah. Why? Okay. What for those out there, what is actually owning your masters? How is it beneficial to an artist? And why do you propose that some artists don't need to own their masters?
1: Um, so owning masters, so easy way to put it is literally just owning the original copy of the song. Yeah, the, the original copy that can be sold. Um, it is lucrative for I mean, I think there's a short and sweet answer. I think what what where the argument comes from is that. I think naturally growing up, us as creatives, you everybody wants to be able to own stuff for stuff that's tangible in it. Yeah. Um, whether it be your own podcast, whether it be your own platform, whether it be your own business. Like yeah. I think there's such a strong argument for like ownership. So even if you're not part of the music industry, when you hear stuff about people owning their masters, you you know, yay, you own your masters, this and that, da-da-da-da. But I think where the problem lies in And where I feel like owning your masters is overrated is it's obviously it's case by case, obviously. It's not every artist. I wouldn't say like maybe like a Travis Scott owning his masters is overrated. Travis Scott is where he's at to this day. And he clearly has the leverage to be able to do whatever he wants with his masters. When I say owning your masters is overrated, I'm saying this to up-and-coming artists or artists that are still on the cusp of, you know, maybe having a big break. I say that why? Because, for example, let's say. Let's say you as an artist, you don't have the business acumen, but, you know, you've got a song that's worth so-and-so-and-so. Let's say I give you a backpack full of all your records. These are all your songs. If you as an artist don't know how to leverage your music into making more money, what's the point of you owning it? Yeah, You have it. Everybody wants ownership. But if you as a person don't know what to do with your masters and don't know how to get it into doing syncs, um, getting it into TV shows, adverts, movies... Um, even working with brands to repurpose the song to make refixes. If you as an artist don't have the acumen to do that, those those masters that you have that are worth so-and-so will be redundant and zero. That's why you see the likes of like the Little Wayne's and the Justin Bieber selling their masters because their masters are worth stuff but they probably don't have the time or don't know what to do with their masters. But another company has spent so much money on it, they're the ones that are going to, you know what, We sent, we spent 130 million, we have to get our money back. So... For a lot of artists, and when, you know, I'm talking to them, like, yeah, I want a deal. And when I, in my deal, I want, a, I, want, I want to own my master's. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, one, people need to learn how to read and study and see how the game works. And two, if your master's is already worth zero, what is you that doesn't have to make it even worth a cover, What's you? What are you going to do with your own master's if... Already at this point, it's worth zero. You haven't even done the the initial work to, even if it's like signing up for licensing to get your um, stuff licensed in movies or stuff like that. You haven't even maybe spoken to YouTubers to maybe use your music in certain YouTube videos and whatnot. If you don't have that business acumen to do that, then what's the point in owning your masters for my owning sake? It doesn't Mm. make sense to me, do you know what I mean? So Mm. when I preach this to people, it's like, oh, nah, but everyone needs to own their stuff. But it's like, owning is one thing. But if you already don't know how to leverage zero into making a thousand, then you're better off having a label, own your masters for X amount of um X amount of time. Once they've now made it worth whatever, if you now decide, okay, cool, I'm gonna buy back my masters, and then you've already gained the business acumen to now sell it and, you know, do whatever you can with it, then go for it. But I think a lot of people just don't want to hear that because they feel like because Nipsey said it because other artists have said yeah I own my masters Nipsey's where he is because he leveraged yeah. himself all these other artists have leveraged themselves that's why they can own their masters and do whatever they want with it and they can make better deals from it but if you as an artist that's releasing your songs on SoundCloud and Spotify you're only getting 100 plays yeah. don't come and tell me yeah you want to try and own your masters if I'm yeah. sign you it makes no sense you can't do anything with it
0: so, yeah that, that makes perfect sense but but before we wrap up I want to ask you a quick
1: question. One, I didn't know you were into Star Wars kind of. Uh you know twins i kind, kind of like, Yeah, kind of. You know twins I kind of need to, like I grew up watching it I was a big yeah. fan and then I kind of like Fell out of love with. Her. I don't yeah. know. I feel like a lot of the stuff, like even stuff like Marvel, I was a big. F- I'm falling out of love with that man. Bro, but the same. if you're doing Invi- if you're doing the Invincible or the Boys, I'll be here. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> if you're no doing Invincible, with the Boys. No, no, in a, in a, in in Invincible, will, an Invincible one. Once season two wraps up, we're gonna. We're I, gonna will talk. I, com- I, I will be here. I've read yeah. the I will be here because yeah, I don't know. I feel like after Endgame, my love for the Marvel stuff is just kind of depleted. Oh bro, like, I'm done. Nah, I, I'm depleted. done. That's why when you men are chatting about in the GC, I have nothing to say because after one division. I was done. I said I enjoyed one division, but other than that, I'm just like I just don't. Is that see because
0: it. you felt like the story had concluded at a point where you could be like, okay, I've gotten enough out of this franchise, I'm done, or do you feel like the content afterwards isn't just isn't great? The
1: thing is, the content after because I don't watch any of the content after. I, I think at you. that point it was like it just feels like a chore, and it's like yeah. now naturally you're already following everything to kind of keep up with the stories and the lore and everything, but it just got to a point where it's like I enjoyed one division so much, but at the same time it was like. I've just mentally checked out of it, man. Because even some of the stuff, the movie films I was watching, like prior, like Shang-Chi, I just wasn't really enjoying yeah. that. There's a lot of films, I just, and the Spider-Man. Oh, don't get me started on Spider-Man. Oh, bro, I think Spider-Man. <laughs> don't get me started on bro,
0: Spider-Man. I, 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 I mean, people think he's I'm a Tom sh- Holland shit. hater, which I'm not. I love Tom Holland. He's I an don't, amazing actor. I don't Alexander, like the Spider-Man movies. But, I, like, I, I, I have said that. Like, uh, big up Chris for um, for. Um, but me and Chris at, um, at work, we always argue just about Spider-Man because he's a huge Marvel head, and I'm just like, bro, like I'm not. I, I'm just not feeling the direction of things going right now. But what's what what has been like? Your favorite movie
1: you've seen this year? That favorite movie I've seen this year. Oh, um, what's that film? Is it Everything Everywhere? F- I thought that was last. That was last. Was year. that last year? I, last I watched year. it this year. Okay, I watched that like, this year. Okay, Bro, yeah, brilliant. That that movie's a, brilliant. That movie's a masterpiece. Fucking <laughs> brilliant! I watched that like, this year. That movie is fucking brilliant. That movie's a masterpiece. You what films I watched. To be fair, I'll be real with you. I
0: haven't even watched that. <laughs> Do you know what? Like. My favorite football I've seen this year is probably Riley.
1: I still haven't watched that, bro. I can I like heard that film; was amazing. I still need to watch it. Like
0: I'm a softie, I, wrote, yeah. I do love a, a romantic comedy here and there. But I generally speaking, not even just because it's set where it's set, I think that's one of the best romantic comedies I've seen. Yeah, oh, well,
1: just, that's what the UK need. That's that's the what one. The the but that's what the UK need, bro. I'm tired oh. of all this. Hey, my size. Nah, fuck off, man. No one lives like but that. Bro. If I so speak I mean... on... If I speak... Because... <laughs> Have you seen that new Ado Deacon film? Bro...
0: <laughs> if I speak... It's not even that, bro. The oversaturation, yeah, of like... Hood content in the UK. It's killing our people, I'm man. tired. And honestly speaking, yeah, I'll say it now. I'll say it now. And I mean no disrespect, yeah, to Rapman and the creative that made blue
1: story oh that was fucking pants that
0: was not a good film that was And pants. do you know what i hated and the re- i spoke about the uk media they said yeah i think this is what's wrong with like uk platforms and stuff like this and i say this from a place of love at, the- at a place where i want to link up with you guys in the future but a lot of you man can't give constructive criticism
1: yeah
0: and i feel like that's a problem because what we do all the times is that I understand that. I know where we've come from. I know how hard it is to even make a lane for ourselves in an industry that's marginalised us and excluded us. But I think the problem is when we don't give constructive criticism, we don't say things for what they say, it breeds a culture that breeds mediocre content. Yeah. And what we end up doing is gassing up the mediocre content and then the next generation of um, artists grow up thinking mediocre is great. Yeah. And I feel like Blue Story as a narrative, as a film, cool. I'm biased. It's already in a genre that I'm not particularly a fan of. Yeah, but yeah. cool, you can still tell great stories. Because I think Top Boy up until season four. Oh, don't get me start on that season. Up until season four was a great show. <sighs> if you, did,
1: you haven't spoken about it, have you? No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah.
0: I've even I can't lie. I stopped halfway through. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't, don't really care. Time.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't Duh. really care. You're telling me Sully, <laughs> Sully <laughs> is taking out rush these men that are coming like Mi Five. All, all of a sudden, it don't make sense to me. But, don't insult my intelligence. I know I'm a wrestling fan, but don't insult my intelligence. Those, yeah, don't bro, do that. Bro. But I just feel like
0: that movie got so much hype and adulation from the community. And I get it, it was, it was, it was Ratman's first shot at like a big Hollywood, which is an achievement in, in of itself. But that doesn't reflect what the movie was.
1: The movie wasn't good. Mm. I think what I think that what I think is that, see, when it comes to with music, we've we've kind of landed. Like, we're at a place now where we can kind of accept anything. Yeah. In terms of black movies in the UK, yeah. we haven't got there. Yeah. We can't accept black mediocrity. I'm so, I'm a fan of black mediocrity at the end of the day. I feel like if you're mediocre and you're making bread, do it. But in terms of, like, the film industry, because we have plenty of tremendous actors, amazing actors, but what we're seeing now is a shift that they're not having to move stateside, stateside. to kind of do the projects that they feel is more recognisable for their career. Nobody wants to be growing up here, working their butt off, acting like an acting man, for them to now be acting like Shiner Man from the block. It's dead. It's absolutely no, dead. It's dead. Like, the way we've been able to diversify in music where we can get different types of genres, we should be able to have that in the UK, but at the same time, I don't know if it's a consumer problem, but then at the same time, I feel like consumers want different, but these media corporations, they just want... They just want to see the violence. They just want to see the A hey, O blood. it's like that's not everybody's. And the thing is, what I like about the reviews I've seen of Red Lane, bro. it's it seems more like a better depiction of what London actually no, is. No, bro, bro like, do people not realize that? Yeah, London Roadman is like a small minority. Very much. Ma- yeah, it's a it's a small minority. Like we can go out day to day and we barely see what they class as a roadman or guys are on road. It's not it's not everyone's reality. I know, man, that live in certain areas, they they've not even interacted with one in their life. Do you know what I mean? But for that to now be the media depiction that, yeah, this is life in London, like, bro. I, every time I'm in America, yo, is London really like that? I'm like, yeah, but it's not like that. No, that's not like. If you come to London, like, my, f- like, if you come to London, you have no reason to be scared. Like, don't be wrong. If you go to certain areas or certain places or certain back roads, you might have that. But at the same time, that is not the reality. Yeah, you know I mean? for me, like, Ry- the reason why I love
0: Rail Ry- Lane so much is because it's the most down to earth. These feel like real
1: people. Yeah.
0: The main, like these feel like real, relatable people. And what I love about it, it's not the images that we see perpetuated throughout the media. Yes. That, that lifestyle, that um type of media is needed because yeah, that stuff does happen. Yeah, exactly. But, but life is complex. There are many different things. There are many different people that occupy that of different walks of life. Probably Riley, do you know why I love Riley so much? I can't lie. I wasn't this confident growing up as a, uh, like the way I am today. Yeah. I was a nerdy kid that loved Star Wars, that loved anime. Rare The main character Riley doesn't have the same interests as me, but he's a shy, introverted nerd. Yeah, and I love it, and I love it, and I, and I love the fact that, that that his love interest is an artsy, extroverted kind of quirky black woman. Yeah, exactly. And it's like these two people from these different walks of life are being represented in this film, innit? But I I highly recommend... Yeah, no, -hmm. I I, I have to watch
1: it. Like, that's been on my watch list. I think so much things come and go, it's like sometimes you just kind of forget. Yeah, I I feel like
0: that's one that's
1: going to, like, stand the test of time as well. Hopefully it does, Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, from the reviews I've seen of it, like, I'm just a big fan of, like, people kind of breaking the mould and doing things that are different, and I think that's how things should be. I don't... Like, I'm tired of, like, the whole road band stuff and this and that. It's like... That's not everybody's reality. Yeah. Like, I want to be... I want to be able to watch a... Sh- I wouldn't be able to watch a movie and look at someone like a, a B at 1 and he's just he just loves things. I'm like, yeah, that reminds yeah. me of some of the mando. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Nah,
0: man. for sure, man. Water change, man. But, though' Lesuave, we appreciate you appreciate. on the podcast, man. Definitely going to have you back. Um, but,
1: yeah, man. Tell the people where they can find you. At, tell people what to look out for, what you got going on. Um. So, yeah, 2024, I'm going to be back with new music. Like, I released the EP a few months ago. Doing okay. I'm um, going to come out with Love Scars 2 and then after Love Scars 2, single, 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 singles. So, um, yeah, just search the Sway if you'll find me, man. You know, just Google me. or will come up with Musical Artist. All the links will be there. Yeah, man. And obviously, follow Rare. If you want to follow Rest Things, follow Rest Things. That's um, our wrestling podcast that we do. And Yeah, man. And make sure you stay tuned and locked into Rare Podcasts, man. Honestly, I'm so happy for my boy. He's back with it. You know. Shout out to him every single time, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. this has been a this been
0: another dope episode of the Rare Podcast. Uh make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We very much appreciate it when you interact with us in the comments, on the TikTok, on the Instagram. We appreciate all of the love and support. And yeah, man, this guy's this guy's ah we for the <laughs> Oh, it's been a long day. Yo, guys, it's been a dope episode of the Rare Podcast. We will catch you guys later. Peace. Peace. Oh, <laughs>